In today's show, we're going to look at injuries around the NBA, including updates on Draymond Green. That's a big one. And your mate, Kristaps Porzingis, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Well, the NBA, we're ready to go. We're a couple, couple of hours away from the season restarting after the All-Star break. And we've got injuries to talk about. Now, we've got updates on most of these. There are a few that we haven't got the updates for, but we're going to talk about the injury statuses of all 30 NBA teams. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the Atlanta Hawks. They do, in fact, play today. Um, Johnny Collins is listed as doubtful. Now, when we spoke about Collins, or I spoke about Collins yesterday, it appeared to me that he was going to miss the rest of this week. So I'd be really, really skeptical that Collins is able to play on Thursday. The fact that he is doubtful, though, gives us some hope that maybe he is ready on Saturday, and then he would almost definitely be back next week is how I'm doing that. So that's good news. It does give Gallinari uh, that short-term boost, a little bit of a boost to DeAndre Hunter as well. Lou Williams is listed questionable with a hamstring issue. He's battled this hamstring problem basically all season. He's been in and out of lineups. He's not really a part of their best... Um, their best lineup most of the time, or their best rotation, and he can be on the inside looking, uh, on the outside looking in. So not someone to really worry about. Well, Googie Jeng is out for personal reasons, and again, not a guy that plays outside of injury or garbage time. So not someone that's making too much of an impact in really any sort of fantasy league for the Boston Celtics. Their injury report is clean. There is nobody on it, which is always an awesome thing. Marcus Smart hurt his ankle on the fifteenth of February. He's ready to go. I thought it would cost him a few weeks, but. It cost him one game, which is awesome. And the Rock DJ, Rob Williams, missed the, the, the two games prior to the All-Star break. Rock DJ. With um, calf tightness, but he is ready to go. And we definitely look forward to him being out there because he has been absolutely massive um, for this team. On to Brooklyn. It's not quite as clean for them on the injury report. And we, we actually don't know a huge amount. What we do know is that Ben Simmons allegedly will be returning after Kevin Durant. Now, that would be helpful if we knew when Kevin Durant was returning. I think we can rule them out of the two games this week, Thursday and Saturday. Maybe Durant's back for next week at some point. I honestly just don't know when Simmons is back. He's, you know, he's, not, he's, not, just, he's not just ramping up. He's bloody out there. He is, apparently has to build the ramp so he can get out there to ramp up. That's how long it's taking. It's frustrating, obviously. And... I don't know what else he was doing while he wasn't playing this whole time. Yes, the, the mental thing, I, there is, I'm 100% sure that that was a factor in his issues in Philadelphia. But this is taking a long time. Are we honestly going to wait until he, pl- it, he misses that game on the 10th of March against the Sixers until he returns? Yeah, that'd be pretty rough. Um, Goran Dragic still conditioning. He's out for the time being. But he, look, he's not going to be a 12 or 14 team league guy, I wouldn't have thought. 
I don't expect Joe Harris to play again this season with his ankle. They, of course, the Nets, one of the most... Yeah, shout out to the Magic and the Grizzlies, but the Nets are right up there in terms of just horrific injury reporting and timeline management. They just never tell us anything about that. While Kyrie Irving is out for Thursday's game, he will return on um, Saturday. And then there is two games in a row against the Raptors, one at home and one in Toronto, which he'll miss as well. He's out there lobbying for New York City to remove the vaccine mandate, which appears they will. Just, I've got no idea when. Will it be in the next week? I don't know. Will it be in time in time for fantasy playoffs? We've got yeah, basically five weeks until most fantasy leagues end. I would say there is a good chance that that vaccine mandate is repealed in that time, but I, I just don't know. Let's see what sort of influence Kyrie has. His name gets brought up a lot by the mayor, so maybe they are making it so that he can get, be ready at least for sometime in the regular season or back in the playoffs. I, I don't know if that's the case. But it sure seems to feel like that from the outside. Let's look at the uh, the Hornets. Gordon Hayward still out with an ankle injury. He's out indefinitely. We don't know when he's going to come back. And for a player that's had so many injuries and can heal slowly at times, if you do need to drop Gordon Hayward, do it. Like This is a situation where I think if he comes back, he'll be somewhat limited. He's had significant injuries to his leg in the past. We have no firm timetable. If you are battling, if you are in a spot where you need games and you cannot uh, find that room on the IL slot because you've got someone else there, then Haywood is a drop candidate because we just don't know. Jalen McDaniels is doubtful again. He's missed a ton of time with this ankle injury. Um, it sounded like he wasn't going to be all that close to returning, but the doubtful tag makes me think, or oh, maybe he's a little bit closer. Uh, Nicky Richards is doubtful, but we don't really care there. JT Thor seems to have taken over from him. And Cody Martin is probable. It'll be interesting to see whether they keep um, Thor in the rotation if Martin is available to play because I think Thor's been playing pretty well and it also just gives me an opportunity to do this. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Um, I don't think McDaniels or Martin are going to be 12-team league guys even if Haywood is out, uh, which is, of course, what we expect. But sometimes you don't expect... Well, I don't even know what I was going to say there. Yeah, you don't expect charges on your credit card from subscriptions that you forgot. Why would you expect that? Like, you didn't, it's not even in your head. And you go, oh my God, look at this. Ridiculous. How do I keep a track of all this? Well, Truebill's here to say, I've got you. I've got you covered. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need, you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And if we're going to talk about saving money, if you need parts for your car, why would you, the scholarly gentleman or uh, lady that you are, why would you go to a local chain auto parts store? We look at those stores, we drive past them and go, you guys are joking, yeah? Because I'm just going to go straight to Rock Auto and they are going to have everything I need. RockAuto.com is a family business serving online auto parts customers for over 20 years. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for your car or truck? It's ridiculous, whether it's brake parts or tail lamps or motor oil or even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything that you would need. So head to rockauto.com and check out their expansive catalog and all of those parts available for your car or truck. And in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, 
rockauto.com. Let's look at the Chicago Bulls now. Good news for Chicago. Zach Levine played in the All-Star break, and he's playing in this first game after the All-Star break. So that's awesome. Ayo Desunmu, who did hurt his thumb um, in the Rising Stars Challenge, I believe. He is going to be available to play as well. Um, it may be not so good news. Tristan Thompson's available to play. Alex Caruso, probably a week away, they said, from picking the ball up and doing ball drills. Obviously, his conditioning won't be too much of an issue because it's a wrist problem. So we'd expect maybe two weeks here for, Car for Caruso, the old uh, rabbit hunter, to return. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Now, I think when Caruso comes back, he will be a viable player and be a useful player. I don't think he's good enough to be like, I've got to, I've got to grab him now to make sure that I get him when we don't have a completely firm timetable. Maybe if we're like, you know, three days away, I'd add him, but he could come back and play 25 minutes a night and not actually be worth it. That's a possibility as well. And I wouldn't drop to Sunmu in advance of that. I'd consider Green and Kobe White with Levine returning. That could impact them. But I wouldn't be like, well, I've got to drop to Sunmu because Caruso is coming back in you know, a week and a half. But we don't know that any of that's true. So I'd like to roll with those guys and maybe just hold off on Caruso until that happens. Lonzo Ball, yeah, he's doing some work at the moment. We're still probably three, four weeks away from him returning. Really, really hard to hold. Uh, again, if you don't have that open IL slot with playoffs coming up, um, he, I just don't think he's going to be back in time, or if he is, he's going to be limited when he's back. So he was a drop weeks ago. But if you are still holding him and you need that roster spot, that's okay. Patrick Williams, it is looking like he will return at some point this regular season, but it's just not going to have any sort of fantasy impact, I wouldn't have thought. He's still not doing much. Well, I don't think he's really doing any work with his wrist at all. Maybe he comes back for a couple of games in April, which is not going to have too much of an impact for us. On to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously a little bit troublesome that Darius Garland is out for the first game after the All-Star break. He is going to, I think this back is going to bother him all the rest of this season. Not that that means you need, you drop him or anything, but if you traded him for somebody, it wouldn't be the worst thing. He's putting up great numbers, but I do think there's going to be spotty um, playing time for him or spotty um, availability for him here down the stretch. Karis Levert hurt his foot in practice. The foot sprain, he is out for at least the next four games, it looks like. Uh, that's obviously really, really troubling as well. And I talked about this the other day. Someone took pretty pretty big, uh, well, not pretty big, but they took exception to me saying, hey, Karras could trend towards a drop. Um, I, I stand by that. And that was before he got hurt. And now it's, it's not looking great. We're not going to get an idea of how he looks with Garland and with Markkinen for a little bit of time here. And that's frustrating because, again, he had he's played four games for Cleveland. One of them was good. That was the one that he started when Garland was out. And the rest were all, eh, like they weren't really very good. I think, hmm, I think if you're in a 10-team league with Levert out, if you are battling, if you are floundering and you need production, I don't think it's the worst situation to drop him. And I know people have an outsized opinion of Karis Levert. And I, I, I like him as a player, but people really like, really, really outsize his value. This is more for category leagues, but he hurts you in both percentages. His usage is down, his minutes are down, and now he's hurt. It's a, it's a bit of a concern for me. Markkinen looks like he'll return for today's game, which is great. And that's their injury situation. So good news. Well, not really good news, but some good news, I guess. Um, for Dallas, Reggie Bullock. Um, now, people keep asking me, hey, Maxi Kleber, must roster, must roster. And Kleber's been great, but his minutes have also been up the last couple without Reggie Bullock. 
So when Bullock plays, what do they do in terms of the starting line? Now, Bullock will start in place of Josh Green, but Green played 20 and 25 minutes. Bullock won't play that. So six minutes will come from somewhere. Where do they come from? Does Kleber play... Like last game, Kleber played 26 and Dinwiddie played 31. Uh, yeah, Dinwiddie played 31. Like, do they both... Are they both able to do that? The game before, Kleber played 35 and Dinwiddie played 23. So they're a little bit all over the place. So that's going to be interesting to see. I don't think Bullock's a must-roster player. I think he's someone that you can grab, but he's more fringy than anything. And then a bunch of, speaking of fringe, a bunch of their fringe players are all questionable. Frank Nilakina, Marquise Chris, Trey Burke, and Theo Pinson. Look, those are guys that are even in the, in the rotation most nights. I wouldn't worry too much about them. I wouldn't think. On to Denver. Zeke Naji. Dealing with knee issues now. He had some hamstring problems that missed the last three before the break. He, he had... Prior to that injury, played five consecutive games of 20-plus minutes. He'd taken Jermichael Green pretty much out of the rotation. He'd taken minutes away from DeMarcus Cousins, who has signed rest of the season, but Cousins won't play Thursday. Najee is very intriguing to me for deeper formats, considering how he was pushing into that large role. And in those games, those five games, 29 minutes, 29 minutes, 20 minutes, 24 minutes, and 29 minutes. 29 minutes in three out of his last five games for Zeke. And I don't think that many people would have realized that. Just watch what his role is. The headmaster, Jamal Murray and his ACL injury. Still not not taking contact yet. I, I honestly don't think he's worth a stash. Because again, he's not taking contact. And then coming back from an ACL, if you take contact, you probably need five to six weeks of actually taking contact to get back into a game. So maybe Jamal Murray heard his, tore his ACL at the first week of April last year. 12 months is obviously the first week of April this year. And five weeks or so from now is about the first week of April. So is Jamal Murray going to come back in time to impact your fantasy leagues? Maybe. Is he going to actually come back in time to get minutes up to 30 to impact your fantasy league in that way? Almost definitely not. Same with Maga Porter Jr., who, again, he seems to be a little bit behind Murray in terms of when he's coming back. <clears throat> I still think it's a 50-50 proposition that he even returns at all this season, and I wouldn't bother with either of these players in nearly all redraft formats. I just don't think it's going to happen. On to the Detroit Pistons. This will be a quick one. They've only got one bloke on the injury report, and that is Frankie Jackson, who's dealing with some back issues, but he is probable. He missed the last two games. How they work that into the rotation will be very intriguing because we saw you know, Hayes and Joseph and Diallo, um, Bagley, uh, Magruder. Like, they're going to have to lose some minutes for Frank. Um, we'll see what sort of impact it does have. Hopefully, it means we take a little bit away from Corey Joseph because his playing time remains ridiculously high. But that's the only injury concern that they have at the moment. Maybe they're not concerned about injuries because they are out here just pumping in the built bars. Just like, I need a built bar. I need protein. I need to get my fill of these delicious bars. And that makes sense because that's how I feel every morning when I wake up and try and scour the house to find myself a Bilt Bar because Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes like a candy bar. It's got great flavor. It's not like trying to chew down an old shoe, which like it is with most protein bars, but these taste amazing. So head to Bilt.com. Go and look at all of the great flavors that are there. Cookies and cream, that's my number one. So go to get cookies and cream. There's coconut, raspberry, strawberry, orange, mint brownie, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, plus all the special edition flavors they chuck out there as well. So go to built.com and use the code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your order of Built Bars. Built Bar is built 
different. Let's look at the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green. Hmm. Back issue. Draymond Green has played one second with Klay Thompson this season. Remember that? That was the game that he got hurt. When there was that bullshit where he started for one second because he wanted to be on the court with Klay for his return, and then that was it. And we haven't seen him since. And we are a long way, it appears, from him returning. Another three to four weeks for him to get back, which probably puts his return best-case scenario middle of March. Best-case scenario. Players are often optimistic on injury timelines compared to what the actual return will be. If he's not back till the 25th of March, don't be shocked. In fact, I think it's probably likely that's when he's back. I don't think he's worth a hold. He's good, but it's a back, man. He's going to be eased into things. We don't know when he's returning. Bye. See you later. Blunty. We actually have an answer to that question of where uh, James Wiseman is, and the answer is apparently almost close to returning. Now, do I care a single bit for fantasy? No, not at all. Like, he was a massive negative last season. He's barely played. Will he have improved that much in that time? I guess it is possible. Will the Warriors chuck him out there for 25 minutes a night? I would say almost definitely not. He could take the 15 or 16 minutes that Nemanja Bielitsa plays. Yep, that's fine. And there might be value in that for deeper formats. But the dude's coming off not one knee injury, but a setback that required a second surgery. But you're tipped onto the top of the team's good and doesn't need to change things up or give him entitlement minutes. And he was bad last year. So all of that stuff adds up together. And I would not bother with Jim Wiseman as a uh, as a 12-team league player or even a 14-team league guy at this point. Iguodala, um, the back injury is keeping him out again. At this point, yeah, they might as well just list him yeah, DMP old bastard because this back issue is just a consistent thing. It's not getting better. He's played, what, six minutes in the last month? Uh, this is not enough. His absence helps guys like um, Bielitsa. It helps guys like uh, Porter and Kaminga, Gaz Payton, those sort of blokes. So uh, we don't really care for fantasy purposes that Iguodala's out, but it does help some of those other guys that he is not around. Let's look at the Houston Rockets. Kevin Porter Jr., cousin Kev. He was sick before the All-Star break. The illness is um, over, apparently. He's off the injury report, so he's ready to go for Friday. Eric Gordon's sore groin. Um, he's miraculously fine as well. He, his sore groin is the designation for a back-to-back. Whenever it's a back-to-back, Eric Gordon's out there just rubbing rubbing the groin. Oh, sorry, guys, can't make it. Just got to really rub this one out. Giggity. Um... What they do with Gordon when he plays is intriguing. Is he back to playing 30 minutes a night? Or do they decide, you know what, we're bad and we probably don't need to play a 32-year-old Eric Gordon 30 minutes a night at the expense of Josh Christopher, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tater, Alperen Shingun. But it is Steven Silas. And dumb shit happens with him all the time. How Gordon gets used? If Gordon comes back, plays 30 minutes straight away, then your Shingun and your Martin hopes, you might as well piss on them. Like there's no way that it's happening. And we'll see what they do with Dennis Schroeder as well. Are they going to play him? He played 30 minutes last game, but that was without Porter. Are they going to try and run a Porter and Schroeder combination? Jesus Christ, I'm really worried about what's going to happen there. Uh, Usman Garuba is out with a wrist injury. I'm not really sure we see him again this season. Let's talk about a team with a ton, a ton of injuries. The Indiana Pacers. They don't play till Friday. One thing we do know is that Miles Turner is out for at least the next couple of weeks, it's very much turning into a you know, Draymond Greeny situation where if you need to drop, you might have to. 
We just don't know. We've got no idea when he's returned. I do think he will play, but I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. Chris Duarte missed the last couple of games before the break with a toe issue. He is questionable. I would expect that he's back. And Isaiah Jackson, who has not played since, well, that game on the 11th of February, he played 12 minutes and hurt his ankle again. But he basically sprained his ankle on the 2nd of February and he's played 12 minutes since then in that one game and then hurt, hurt it once more. Could he be returning to action? Possibly on the Friday. He's, he's questionable. Goga Badadze missed the last game before the break with a foot injury. I would have Jackson in 12-teamers. I'd consider Brissett. I'd have them both over Smith. But there's a lot of unknowns. And amazingly, Malcolm Brogdon is officially listed as probable. Now, if Brogdon does not play on Friday, despite being listed probable, despite playing one game in two months, close enough to one game. I don't actually have the number, but it's got to be pretty close to that. If he does not play, then I'll see you later. I won't see you later. He'll see you later. Like, we'll get rid of him. What do they do? I think this, if he does play though, yeah, Heald cops a hit, Duarte cops a hit. And I think Duarte would be trending towards a drop, but we cannot trust Brogdon to stay healthy. So that is one to really watch here. If Brogdon is on your wire, like you're worth adding him just to see what happens because he was you know, top 40 per game player. But I have pretty large skepticism. Speaking of skepticism, TJ Warren, just no updates at all. Remember, remember in the start of December, Rick Carlos said he had a few weeks. All right. I guess a few is 12. I don't think TJ plays this season. I don't think TJ McConnell plays this season. There's no need for them to play. And yeah, they should do the same with Brogdon. They probably should do the same with Turner. Although Turner is actually a part of the future of this team and we're seeing how he works with Halliburton would be interesting. But there's no need for these other guys to play. So we'll see how all this goes. TJ Warren is a notoriously slow heel. That is nothing against him. That is no shade towards him at all because he can't help that. Um, but this has been a long time for a broken foot. It's also something we talked about when we talked about Zion Williamson at the start of the season. When saying, look, broken feet can take a long time. Like TJ Warren is going to miss yeah, over a year, 15 months maybe it might take for him to return from this broken foot. I wish we had news on Paul George. We were supposed to get an update today on his uh, MRI, but that was pushed back till tomorrow. So once we hear about it, we'll let you know. But don't drop Paul George until we get that info. George, if everything is good to go on that MRI, should be back within the next seven or eight games. But we, we just don't know that because we need that MRI result. Jason Preston still out with a foot issue. I don't think we really see him. Norman Powell with a broken foot. I don't think we see him. And I'm going to be really, really surprised if we see Kawhi Leonard. I just, I'd be absolutely shocked. if Please, this is one that I feel really comfortable saying. Do not stash Kawhi Leonard. It just, I don't see how you get any payoff from that. Dynasty League, sure, no worries. Any other league? No way. No no way would I be bothered stashing Kawhi. Wouldn't have drafted him to begin with. Los Angeles Lakers. We don't have an update yet, but Carmelo Anthony missed the five games prior to the All-Star break with a hamstring problem. He heard it on the 3rd of February. So we're three weeks there, which is about the right timetable for a hamstring. So I expect him to be back. And I expect his value, his value to be pretty good with Anthony Davis out. And I don't mind him as a 12-team league player. Avery Bradley had a knee issue before the All-Star break. I just, I don't know why anyone plays him. It doesn't make any sense to me why he gets minutes, but he's not a fantasy option at all. Of course, Anthony Davis has a foot sprain. I would not be holding Anthony Davis. This is a re-evaluation in four weeks. And that if that four weeks takes us to what? The end of March? And then that's re-evaluated. And then he's got to ramp up and then he's got to get back into practice. And then he's got to be ready to go. There's no way he's, ha- I don't think there's any way he's having an impact in fantasy playoffs. So I think you drop him. Well, Kendrick Nunn, 
what's what's the biggest mystery? Like someone asked me this question the other day. I don't remember the names they threw out, but let's just say it was like, who plays first this season? Isaac, Warren, or none? And I think the answer is actually none, but spelled N-O-N-E. But it might be Kendrick Nunn as well. We're just going to have multiple blokes who just don't play at all this season with really no explanations at all. I know none had a, a weird knee problem and then a weird knee surgery, and we don't really know what's going on. We talked about TJ Warren and his foot. I might have something to say about the Orlando Magic a little bit later on. Uh, who knows? Who knows which way we go? The Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooksy Brooks is still out with that ankle problem. We're probably a few weeks away from that, uh, for him coming back there. Dylan Brooks is a solid enough fantasy player at times, but he is not, I don't think, good enough to hold with an uncertain return timetable when you're you know, needing to get wins. Is he, like, he is, we're not talking about a top 40 player, which Miles Turner can be. We're talking about a best case top 100, 110 player who might ease his way back in when there are plenty of other capable players around him. So no, he is not a hold. Xavier T. Illman is off the injury report with his thigh issue, while Eve Pons is out with a thigh issue. Not that anyone was caring about Pons for fantasy too much, and Tillman is out of the rotation as well. On to the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero dealing with a knee problem. Um, They haven't given their uh, injury update post-All-Star break at the time of me recording this. I do expect Hero will be available, but he's only played one out of the last five games. I expect that he'll be available for this game. Caleb Martin's dealing with Achilles soreness, but his role is going to be pretty negligible, I would think, with a relatively healthy team. Now, if Hero is out, it does help Caleb. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, missed two games prior to the All-Star break for personal reasons. There is a chance that Yurt Seven could take that role. I don't think it will be the case, but there is a chance. Markeith Morris is still conditioning after that hit from Jokic. This is a gigantic absence. Absolutely huge. But the fact that they keep changing the... Well, they changed the designation to conditioning from neck injury weeks ago is pretty baffling. Why is he Why is he still conditioning? What's wrong with his cardio? I don't know why that's taking so long. And the other one's Victor Oladipo. No, I would not bother with stashing Victor Oladipo. I know I get the question almost every day. No, 10-team leagues, no. 12, no. 14, no. 16, no. 18, maybe, but probably not. I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know what he's going to do when he comes back. Probably not much. He'll probably take some shots and miss a lot of them, but he's not going to be playing a gigantic minutes uh, allocation. He just isn't. He's not that good for a start. The team's pretty crowded, and he's coming back off after a significant injury. After, you know, he hasn't played in a year. No, is the answer. The Milwaukee Bucks haven't really had a Brook Lopez update in a while. We might be, you know, maybe he comes back at some point in March. Obviously, we're not stashing him. Pat Connaughton's out for a few more weeks, probably till mid to late March with that hand issue. Of course, we're not stashing him. And with him out, it does help Grayson Allen and George Hill, but both guys are injured. Hill's missed a ton of time with this next one. And that's a little bit worrisome from a guy that is, again, notoriously a slow healer like TJ Warren. And if all these guys are out, it does help Grayson Allen. But, of course, he missed with the hip injury. Now, I do expect Grayson's going to be available on Saturday. They haven't given us the injury report yet after the All-Star break. They don't play till Saturday. I think Allen is worth a 12-team league spot, but it's frustrating that he was injured before that break. Dodre Bembry signed with the Bucks, Hasn't played due to a thumb issue. There's some role there for him, but this is only really deep league stuff. Next team, really quick. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. McKinley Wright is dealing with a UCL injury. He's a two-way guy, if you didn't know that. Um, and he is not going to have any, any sort of uh, impact. Anthony Edwards was dealing with an ankle problem, but he's been playing through it, playing terribly, but playing through it. 
For the New Orleans Pelicans, Larry Nance with that knee surgery. I don't expect Nance to play this season, but we haven't had an official rule out there from him. Of course, Nance's knee injury has been handled very, very strangely all season from Portland not telling us anything about it or not giving any update. Then as soon as he was traded, oh, by the way, he needs surgery. Could have been done four weeks before, but yeah, why would we do things that make sense? And then we've got Zion Williamson, his foot. I I don't expect Zion to play this season, and he should have been dropped months ago. I don't expect that he plays. There's been more reports now of Zion being better engaged as a teammate and finally speaking to CJ McCollum, and then he... He posted something on Instagram today about you know, saying that yeah, his teammates were his boys for life or some shit like that. I don't really buy any of it, but hey, that's where we're at. Let's get to a team with some actual injury uh, situations that are going to impact things in the short term. Kemba Walker. Now, facetiously, I've written here on the screen that he's gone into early retirement. He has for this season. <laughs> like he's, he's done for the year. They're sitting him out for the rest of the year. Um, at the start of last season, 2021, what was it? Yeah, start of last season. I said, I am really worried about Kemba. I think his knees are rooted, was my exact phrasing. I think his knees are rooted. And then towards the end of last season, I went, maybe not. Like, he looks okay. He looks much better. He looks all right. Maybe I was wrong to say his knees were rooted. I was right. His knees are rooted and it is hasn't ended his career, but it's put a real dampener on things, hasn't it? Derek Rose... Could be returning soon. He was He's officially listed as doubtful for Friday's game. I don't think that Derek Rose is a must-grab 12-team league player, but I think he's totally fine to grab. Remember, he's coming off ankle surgery, so he's going to have some limits when he returns. He's not a guy that handles gigantic minutes anyway. Even though Tom Thibodeau is the coach, he does seem to protect Rose in his minutes because he probably feels guilty about the injury. Nah, nah maybe. Um, Rose is fine. But I think he's still going to come off the bench behind Alec Burks, which again is the most backwards thinking. The whole rotation has been backwards thinking nearly all season. We'll see what they do. RJ Barrett, who Tom Thibodeau injured his ankle uh, on the 10th of February. He's questionable to return on Friday. He still said that he's getting a lot of pain in that ankle. So I'm somewhat worried about where he where he goes from there. But it looks like his return could come. And of course, that will hurt Quentin Grimes. Grimey. Nerlens Noel said that there's a problem with his foot and it's really, really bad and it's persistent and it could lead to surgery. Yeah, I wouldn't be holding Nerlens Noel anywhere. That gives Taj Gibson a boost for deeper leagues. But we don't have anything official on Noel, apart from the fact that he's questionable for Friday. But he's been so in and out of lineups that we can't really trust anything about his uh, role at all. For the Thunder, Shea Gildas-Alexander is back. He's ready to go. He's playing today. Awesome. This does not preclude Shea Gildas-Alexander getting hurt at any other time in the future, but he's back, and that's awesome. Lou Dort is out with a shoulder issue. Kenrich Williams is out with a knee problem. Ty Jerome is out with hip soreness, and Mike Muscala is out with ankle soreness. Muscala last played on the 4th of February. I would be concerned about Muscala not playing this season and then just giving that role to Roby. I think that's possible there. He's had persistent issues with his ankle and he plays some pretty good roles for this team as a backup center, but they don't need to win. So they don't need to play him. And Jeremiah Robinson Earl out with that foot fracture. He's going to be out for a while and I'm not really expecting him to come back and do much this year, which with Robinson Earl and Muscala out, Roby becomes an interesting guy to look at on this squad. Um, with Dort out, it does help the value of guys like Trey Mann. And Dort might miss a little bit more time here. And like with some of the other guys we've spoken about, Lou Dort is not good enough to hold through uncertain timeline recoveries. And with Shea back, it hurts his value as well. So if you are in a spot where you need instant production, like Dort can be droppable for sure. For the Orlando Magic, 
Well, I'm probably going to swear in this section, so I am sorry, kids. Let's talk about RJ Hampton, who is had a knee injury, and now he is back, but I don't actually think he's going to be a part of the rotation because they have been limiting him all season. When they're Suggs and Anthony and Harrison Ross, they're all ahead of him. I'm not sure he's going to play, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to play any sort of meaningful role. Mo Wagner, he's out with a rib issue. He missed a bunch of time before the break, so maybe Robin Lopez gets some of those backup minutes there. It also helps Chuma Akiki. And then there's the ACL boys. Markel Fultz hurt his ACL at the start of January, so we are almost 14 months post-ACL. At this point, the Orlando Magic are taking the piss. I get wanting to protect guys. I get that they're not playing for anything. But is Marco Fultz an established star? Is he an established player? Has he ever had a good season? What are we doing? Why are we being so overly cautious? There's just no updates. There's no updates on Fultz as to when he's returning. Um, I would expect maybe middle of March, but I could have also said I expected middle of January as well. So I don't know, and I wouldn't bother holding him. As for Jonathan Isaac, I have no fucking idea. Honestly, I've got no fucking idea. Because it can't be an ACL injury anymore. It can't be. Because an ACL injury, unless you retore the ACL, Danilo Gallinari style or whatever happened with him. Remember when he had that issue where they were trying to heal a torn ACL non-surgically and then like six months in, they went, oh shit, actually we need the surgery. Unless something like that happened, unless Isaac you know, was looking to do his research on methods of treating an ACL and went with the wrong one, surely that couldn't be him. But, but maybe. I, I honestly don't know. We are heading into, let's see, I'll say embarrassing territory. It's, it's pretty close to embarrassing territory. We are 19 months, or in a week's time, we'll be 19 months post-ACL injury. This is an injury that you can return from in 10 to 11 months. We are going to be 19 months very soon, and there is no return date in sight. He's not taking contact in practice. Is he, I don't think he's going to play this season. And there is no accountability from Orlando whatsoever. Oh, Josh, they're trying to lose. They're just trying to tank, mate. That's what they're doing. I know that. I know they're trying to lose. But there still needs to be accountability of just of not playing a guy or giving any update on an injury that should have healed by now. Did he have a setback? Is there something wrong? Does the team hate him? Do his teammates hate him? Is he becoming an author? Is he a spirit from the ancestral plane that we we don't actually get to see in his corporeal form? I have no fucking idea what is going on here. One thing I do know is you shouldn't be holding on to him in fantasy. Let's go to James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. Jim should be ready to return for the Sixers' first game post-All-Star break, and we're all going to be tuning in to watch that one to see how everything plays out with him and Joel Embiid. It's going to be awesome. And of course, we've got Jaden Springer. The only time I get to play that, he's dealing with a knee issue, not that he's a part of the rotation anyway. Let's go on to the Phoenix Suns. Of course, the bad news there is Chris Paul is going to miss basically the rest of the regular season with that thumb issue. Reevaluated in six weeks, takes him to the first weekend of April. That's not good for fantasy. You drop him. Cameron Payne is out for Thursday with a wrist issue, so Aaron Holiday has short-term value. Payne is still the guy that I like long-term. But Holiday's got the short-term value. We don't really know when Payne will return. They said day today, so maybe he's back Friday. Doubtful. Maybe he's back Sunday. Otherwise, they play again on Wednesday. So I think Wednesday might be a good target for campaign. Landry Shamet's playing. He's back from that ankle problem. <clears throat> I don't really care. 
He's not a particularly good player and doesn't really move things around. Well, Frank Kaminsky, I really doubt we're going to see him again this season. For the Portland Trailblazers, Keon Johnson looks like he's going to return from his ankle problem. There might be some minutes there, but unfortunately, he's not a center. So he's not going to fill in that gigantic gap that's left by the absence of Yusuf Nurkic, who is going to be reevaluated in four weeks. And you know what that means? He's not playing again this season. Bye-bye, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, thanks for all the assistance, but you're done. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. <clears throat> now, who they start at center, I've got no idea. It's probably going to be Trendon Watford, but it could very easily be Drew Eubanks, who is only on a 10-day contract. Remember that. He's only on a 10-day contract. <clears throat> they could sign him long-term, but there's no guarantee that they do. So for that reason, I would add Watford over Eubanks. But if the first game they come out and say, we're starting Drew Eubanks, or if Drew Eubanks plays 25 minutes in that first game, then I would add him. But just for the fact that they just recently promoted Watford from a two-way contract to a four-year contract, makes me think they're more invested in him. Four years versus 10 days, it says something. So Watford's an interesting add there with Nurkic out. Um, again, thanks for your uh, time, Nurkic. DD Luzada's out with a knee injury. Damian Lillard's abdominal injury. We're like probably two weeks away from that alleged return date re-evaluation. I don't think there is any chance that Lillard plays. I would have dropped him months ago, as you're all well aware. I don't think there's any chance that he plays. Well, Eric Bledsoe's uh, Achilles is uh, still sore. Remarkable. Remarkable that maybe it's the humidity in Oregon that, that really impacted that Achilles. Because we never heard it. It never happened in, in uh, LA with the Clippers. All the sun and palm trees must have cleared up that Achilles problem. But as soon as he moves to Portland, well, it's just a real problem. And he's not going to play. And it looks like he's going to be out for a while. Wow, just transparency 100 there for, uh, for the Blazers. Just awesome stuff. So yeah, if for some reason you have Eric Bledsoe on your roster, you can. Jack, what do you think? Get that garbage out of here! Yes, indeedy. For the Sacramento Kings, Davion Mitchell and Jeremy Lamb, they're both back. So, what the hell happens? With Lamb, Holiday, Mitchell, DiVincenzo, Harkless, where do the minutes go? Does anyone get enough minutes to be valuable? I'm going to guess no. But we're going to get an opportunity to see it on Thursday. Will Alvin Gentry sit one of those guys? Will Lamb not play? Will Mitchell play 30? Unlikely. Will DiVincenzo play 30? Unlikely. We're going to get some really interesting answers coming up here. For the Spurs, Trey Jones dealing with a knee issue. That's cool and all, but it doesn't really impact us much for fantasy. They've also added Josh Primo and Romeo Langford as questionable. Um, Jones, Jones is off the injury report, actually. Well, Primo is questionable and Langford questionable. Langford, I don't think, is going to really play. And Richardson will play. Joshy Richardson will play a limited role after coming across from Boston. On to the Toronto Raptors. The man with the knee soreness, Fred Van Vliet. He's ready to go, which is great. Um, listed as probable after playing in the All-Star break, so he should be ready to play 72 minutes in the next game, which, of course, will do great things for his knee. For the Utah Jazz, I'm not really too worried about Don Mitchell. He missed the All-Star game due to an illness. He is officially questionable for Friday, as is Rudy Gay with an illness. Um, I do expect them both to play, though. Jared Butler's questionable with an ankle. Um, he's only a garbage time specialist at this stage. And then the one that we've all been waiting for, the Washington Wizards. Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis. You, now, I'll, I'll, I'll say this now. You guys must, you must sit down for this. I've got breaking news. Breaking news. Christos Porzingis for Friday's game against the Spurs has been ruled out a day in advance because this team is full of kids. I am very sorry, but this team is full of fucking liars. They are fucking lying to us. 
after the trade deadline. Oh, he's fine. What are you? T- injury? Injury. The bloke's never been injured in his life. He's a, he's a figure of immense strength and vitality. He is never hurt. He will never be hurt. He is going to carry this franchise to the promised land. What are you, I, he's going to play first game? What are you guys talking? Injury? No, nah, his knees are made out of titanium. They're awesome. They're never going to get... They're never, no rust guarantee. Nothing is ever going wrong with this guy. He is ready to go. First game, post-trade deadline, Chris Daps is going to play. Of course, we're two weeks after that, and he hasn't played a single game, and he's been ruled out a day in advance. It doesn't make sense for a bloke with busted-ass knees like Porzingis, who has a bone bruise, which can last for a very long time in the knee, and I am not questioning Kristaps Porzingis' injury at all. I think that it is legitimate, and it's a worry, and it's nothing against him at all. He can't control that. He's got no way of controlling that. No ability at all. It's my issue with Unsailed and Shepard just blowing smoke right up our assholes about how ready he is to go. And oh yeah, and now like now you have to walk it back. Like I could have told you this a million years ago. Oh uh, yeah, maybe not. We're not sure now. Like uh, yeah, you're not sure? No, you are sure. You're 100% sure. But you're trying to like what convince your fan base that you didn't trade for a distressed asset. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what we do with Porzingis because they refuse to rule him out. And you don't want to just say, well, I'm cutting Porzingis. And then he comes out and plays on Saturday. Like, is, that what, is that what's going to happen? And therefore, I don't know what that means for Tom Bryant or for Dan Gafford. Like you could stream Gafford in for Friday and hope that him and Bryant play 24 minutes apiece. Or there's a little bit of a boost for Hachimura, but I don't know. The whole rotation is a mess because this organization's a mess. And the less, yeah, the, well, not the less, the, the, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm so frustrated by their nonsense. Just tell us that he's re- rehabbing the rest of the season. Tell us that there's an actual knee injury. It's a, it's a massive issue to me for for him, for us, for fantasy, but also just for like, just transparency for the team. Like, How can you trust what they say about anything when they blatantly lie about stuff like that? I know uh, people think I'm being harsh on them. Why do they have to tell you, Josh? Why do you think you're entitled to your yeah? HIPAA violation, players' medical detail? It's, not, it's nothing to do with that. This is an actual requirement from the NBA and it's in players' contracts that injuries get reported on and, and spoken about correctly. And when you come out and just blatantly say bullshit, it, it annoys me. But enough about Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, that's what we do with him. I think you have to hold. As unfortunate as it is, and as much as I think, yeah, I think there's a real chance he doesn't play again this season. But am I going to say go drop a bloke who could come back in two days and put up top 20 numbers on a per-game basis for the half of the games remaining that he plays? It's very hard to suggest that. And I won't do it. And anyway, that'll do it for me today. Guys, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.